Kent Online News. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast. Nicola Everett. Thanks for downloading today's podcast. It's Thursday, January the 7th, and we're joined today by Kent's Police and Crime Commissioner to chat about how the force are going to deal with the latest national lockdown. Matthew Scott has also called for officers and police staff to be moved higher up the vaccine priority list. I started by asking him how he viewed the new restrictions as far as the police are concerned. Well, I think the last year has been actually very relentless for police officers because not only have they been doing their normal job of policing, they've had this pandemic to uh, deal with as well. So having another lockdown on top of what they're already doing with uh, Brexit, EU transition, the normal day-to-day role of policing, um, it's really tough for them. And, you know, I, I give them my thanks and praise all the time for what they do. So they do just keep turning up and they keep going. So, um, yeah, it's, it's going to be a challenge having another lockdown, but I'm sure it's one that they will... Uh, rise to as they always do. Um, We mentioned the the time of year because obviously during the last lockdown we did see the instances of of people out and about when they shouldn't have been but it was pretty obvious because it was summertime and you could see people if they were gathering in parks or whatever. Now we're in the winter does it give the added challenge of perhaps if households start mixing when they shouldn't that perhaps your officers won't, won't necessarily know about that? There is a, a, obviously a risk attached to that. Of course, we know that in general, bad weather has an impact on police demand in different ways. So there is a, obviously that risk that people will mix in other ways and the message just has to keep going out. I know these lockdowns are difficult, but please stick to the rules wherever you possibly can because the, the fact that people are breaching them uh, is the reason why the disease is continuing to spread uh, in part, as well as the um, the infectiousness of it. So we do need people to bear with the rules and bear with the lockdown uh, so the police don't have to take the enforcement action. You shared an article yesterday that was in The Guardian about another um, police, uh, senior police uh, member saying about, you know, giving powers to knock on doors and, and check. And you, you seem to think that was going a bit too far. I think so. Um, that was one of my police and crime commissioner colleagues who I think was absolutely out of place saying, uh, what he did is not something that PCCs are calling for generally. Chief constables don't want it. Um, I think it would have overstepped the mark quite significantly uh, to have police officers marching into people's properties, checking to see if they're breaching the rules. We can't be having that. The powers, I think, are sufficient uh, already, and I think it would damage the contract between the public and the police. They start knocking on the doors to count how many people are in the house and whether they're in the correct bubble. Yeah, because I guess being in a, in a bubble, that's quite difficult for people to prove as well and the, the, for the police to disprove, I suppose, at the same time, isn't it? Exactly. And we don't need the regulations to be made tricky for the police. We need consistency of approach, which I think we have got, uh, and we need the public to be able to understand them as well. So whilst we do have exemptions for support bubbles, childcare bubbles, uh, and you know, people who do genuinely have to go out for work, uh, I think that uh, for having the police having to prove who was in which bubble would be uh, an unnecessary demand uh, on their time. And, and so I think what we've got in the regulations at the moment is the right balance. And also the police approach is balanced as well. The, uh, the four E's approach of educating, engaging, encouraging, and then enforcement if necessary, uh, I think is one that we've got just about right. 
Um, obviously, I know you catch up regularly with the Chief Constable. Has he mentioned kind of the, the level of um, staffing at the moment? Because obviously in the, the height of the first lockdown, he was regularly updating us on how many officers were having to isolate or maybe had tested positive, that sort of thing. What do you know the, the current state of play at the moment? Uh, yeah, so I get weekly updates from the Chief Constable on the uh, numbers of officers who are self-isolating, who have um, uh, caught the disease. Unfortunately, there's been an increase in the number of officers and staff who have been tested positive for the disease. Um, the force will always do their best to look after them and try and protect the rest of the workforce too. Um, and we, you know, my, my thoughts are with them at, at this time that they that they're able to recover rapidly and and that we see them back on duty when the most appropriate time is for them. As far as you're concerned, the force has enough numbers in place to still be able to police the county effectively, particularly, as you say, with the extra pressures like, like Brexit. I mean, it, it seems to be going OK at the moment. We did have an awful lot of disruption just before Christmas, didn't we? Yeah, at, at the moment, I think the resource levels are, are OK. Um, you know, we've had very low sickness levels uh, throughout the last 10 months within Kent Police, which has been great to see um, some of the lowest in the country actually. So there have been some positives but we can't be complacent about that because it's just nudging up a little bit as well. So um, there are risks to uh, officers and staff of uh, catching the disease. It's why I've called for them to be vaccinated as a priority uh, because the risk of them catching it and the risk of it being spread uh, through that way I think is a really important one. Given the fact that they're dealing with members of the public, they're still out catching criminals, they're in close proximity to one another, they're supporting vulnerable people, going into people's homes. Um, there is a risk that they could catch the disease through no fault of their own, uh, but also there is a risk that they could catch it unknowingly and spread it around, um, which is something we, we, we want to prevent from happening. So I think it's absolutely vital that they get given priority access to the uh, vaccine. Uh, I will do anything in my power to make that happen, including you know, giving over any office space that I can to create a vaccination hub uh, locally if I have to. Um, I will do absolutely anything because I think it's right that these people get the vaccines as a priority, that we support them and their families. And it helps us uh, make sure the front line is resilient uh, as the, um, in terms of resources and pressures And don't forget, you can comment on anything Matthew said in that interview or indeed anything that's mentioned in the podcast by commenting on our social media. Kent Online reports. Last night, MPs overwhelmingly backed national lockdown restrictions in England. As you know, the tougher measures have already come into force. None of Kent's MPs voted against them, but South Thanet's Craig McKinley didn't vote either way. Almost 1,000 people died within 28 days of testing positive for coronavirus in Kent last month. Figures show a huge increase in COVID-related deaths in the county in December. In yesterday's daily stats, another 2,200 cases were confirmed, along with 10 more deaths. Meantime, a coronavirus vaccination centre near Maidstone is asking people to let them know if they can't come in for the jab after 70 elderly patients miss their appointment. Staff at Len Valley in Harrietsham say no doses have been wasted though as they've been able to call in other people to take their place. Some residents say they have tried ringing the surgery to cancel their booking but can't get through. Kent Online News. 
It's emerged parents in Kent are still having to pay for their children's travel passes, even though schools are closed because of lockdown. The county council, which provides the pass, has encouraged them not to cancel the payment because it isn't clear when lockdown will end. One mum says that's unfair, particularly for parents who've been furloughed. You can let us know what you think by voting in our poll on the story at kentonline.co.uk. Staying with education and there's mounting pressure on the UK's mobile networks to waive data costs for education websites so everyone can access free learning during the lockdown. Students from disadvantaged backgrounds are being offered data packages as part of a government scheme, but an online school has warned many families still face expensive mobile charges. The government, meantime, has pledged to provide more laptops to schools. We've been catching up with Alan Brooks, who's chair of the Kent Association of Head Teachers. It doesn't solve it. It may go a little bit further towards it. The frustration is that, that we've been talking about this since March. I think it was either March or April they announced there would be these laptops going out into schools. Nothing happened for about two months and then they came out in dribs and drabs and I'm afraid it's been dribs and drabs ever since. So I would be doubtful that any school you talk to is going to say we have sufficient. It also doesn't solve the problem of three or four siblings in one house. I mean, a lot of parents think that live lessons is a good idea. Well, it's not a good idea if you've got two or three children who have to access the same equipment at the same time. It doesn't solve the problem of connectivity. Now, I know they announced today some reduction or removal of of data charges for households. That would be a help because otherwise it's a really expensive thing for families to do as well if they are logging into remote learning on a daily basis it's it's a step i know the bbc tomorrow are launching a campaign to get people to hand in their old laptops that they will wipe and send back out to schools a million and a half families without internet access this won't go far enough it is it is a problem a dangerous driver who tailgated and intimidated a woman for over 20 miles on the m2 and a2 has been given a driving ban a court heard james fox harass the woman during a journey to canterbury after she refused to let his four by four push in front of her car in a traffic jam the 31 year old from southwest london has been told he can't get behind the wheel for two years truckers trying to reach the new brexit lorry park in ashford are getting lost in a nearby village causing a total nightmare for residents. People living in Merzam say dozens of heavy goods vehicles are ending up there by mistake, making houses shake and churning up grass verges. Kent County Council say they're aware of the problem and have put up extra signs. Kent Online reports. Four people smugglers could be facing life sentences for the manslaughter of 39 Vietnamese people who were found dead in the back of a lorry near the Dartford Crossing. The victims, who are aged between 15 and 44, were discovered in a container in Essex in October 2019. Two lorry drivers, a haulier boss and the gang's ringleader, will be sentenced at the Old Bailey over the next three days. The Kent Community Foundation say they've distributed over £4.2 million worth of grant money to charity and good causes in the county since the start of the pandemic. More than 1,300 people and organisations have benefited. They include groups that help with things like homelessness, mental health support and English language tuition. A Medway family have shared a video appealing for the safe return of their puppy, which they think was stolen. Can you give us your back? We miss you, Winnie. 
The six-month-old French bulldog disappeared from her home on Longley Road in Raynham on Sunday. They're offering a £2,000 reward if someone brings her back. The old Pizza Express building in Maidstone could be turned into an entertainment centre with live music, a whisky room and cocktail bar. Plans have been put forward for the property on Earl Street. In the meantime, it's hoped another pizza company will open a takeaway from the site soon, with the rest of the venue opening after lockdown. And because of lockdown, Clap for Carers is making a comeback in Kent, although this time around it's being called Clap for Heroes, but will still happen every Thursday night at eight. Organisers say they want it to recognise key workers, homeschoolers, scientists and volunteers. That's all for today's podcast. Thanks ever so much for listening. Don't forget you can subscribe to the IM News app, which will give you access to all of KM Group's newspapers. Just head to subsaver.co.uk. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast.